be curious you know ask the questions and look outside your own industry as well to see what others are doing you can you can learn lots of things asset manager at its core level is as i said earlier about investment and the timing of that investment so see what everyone else is doing um you might learn a trick or two and, and some of that might even be just how to present data present things to your senior management executives uh sorry board directors um you can learn something from everyone else, so be proactive in that space. Keep being curious, keep trying to learn things. Welcome along to the Asset Guardian podcast, where we explore the discipline of asset management throughout New Zealand and speak with industry leaders to learn more about the innovation and challenges in today's evolving world of technology, infrastructure and regulation. My name is Josh Pope, and I'll be your guide on this journey into the world of kaitiakirawa and asset management. Welcome along to the first episode of the Asset Guardian podcast. Uh, very excited today to uh, have a great guest on the show for the very first show. I have with me today Dave Brannigan. Uh, Dave has a wealth of knowledge uh, within the power industry and his career experience spans across many different roles in the public and private se- sector, uh, from working as a marine electrician to power systems engineer and consultancy to chair of the EEA Asset Management Group and now at Orion where he's head of the Network Transformation and Investment Team. Uh, he's also passionate about inspiring the next generation of engineers in the industry and industry leaders. Uh, D- Dave has been a mentor and a good friend of mine for several years now and I'm very honoured to have him along on the uh, Asset Guardian podcast as the first guest. Welcome along Dave. Oh, kia ora, Josh. Wow. Thanks very much for that. That's that's awesome. <laughs> no, very, very pleased to be here and very, very pleased to support you in this endeavour. I will just put the odd caveat out there that uh, the things that we discuss are my own views and in no way represent the uh, my current employer. So things that we discuss are what I'm thinking. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's what it's all about. Um, so maybe tell us, tell us about um, uh, your current role and, and sort of what responsibilities uh, sit with that. Yeah, absolutely. No, thanks, Josh. So the current role's really quite challenging as we start to shift from what we've been doing traditionally in the past to looking what that future focus now needs to be. So I've got the privileged position of leading a team of very talented young people and some older people as well. Um, just looking at what our future needs to be, how we need to adapt our network and, and how we need to shift our mindset uh, to think about things differently. So good practices, what we've done before and what works, that's not going to cut it in the future with increased decarbonisation, increased electricity use. Um, and different skill sets are going to be needed as well. It's not all just about the volts and ohms. There's a whole lot of other skills that are needed. Um, so new role, been in it in uh, just under a year. Um, the team's coming together quite nicely now, and we're really starting to find our feet thinking, OK, rather than what we've done before, what's possible and how could we achieve it? That's our kind of mindset we're looking at now. Absolutely. So an eye, an eye to the future. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, how do we build the future with an eye to the past, but actually reshaping the future as well? And not yeah, being nice. constrained by the past. Yeah. Nice. That's really cool. That's really cool. And I mean, it's going to be so important for us going forward as well as the future is continually evolving as new innovations are coming out, as new technology is coming on to the, uh, to the, to the network and um, a greater reliance on electricity. Um, if you weren't doing this current role, um, just to get more of a, a sort of personal side of you and, and, and introduce you to our to our listeners, if you weren't doing your current role, was there um, any other passions that you might have followed? 
<laughs> yes. Uh, well, so I've been working quite a lot with the leadership coach. So that's a, it's a lesson for all those young budding asset managers out there or engineers that um, regardless how many times you've gone around the sun, you can always learn something new and learn some new skills from someone else. Uh, so one of the things I've been focusing on with with my my coach has been more around that leadership. And you mentioned it in the in the bio. It's about how do I bring that next generation of people through. And it, it, certainly in your introduction as well, you mentioned guardianship. And particularly in, in the work that we're doing, we are guardians of of this asset base that we look after. What we do here, we're passing on to the to the next generation. And and we've inherited from the previous um, generation as well. So we're only we're only in charge of it for a very short period of time. So we've got to be mindful of, of what we're doing and how we pass that on. So something along the lines of trying to mentor or coach um, people, I think would be something I would look into, um, but I'm not quite ready to, to jump off that ledge just yet. Nice, yeah. And uh, having experienced uh, your own leadership myself, um, I, <laughs> I can say for sure that's, uh, you know, your skills would be uh, incredibly valuable in that space. Um, just with the experience that you've had over your many years and, and your learnings, and as you say, passing that on to that next generation. Uh, that's sort of why I sort of aptly named the, the podcast Asset Guardians and that idea of uh, kaitiaki rawa, which is um, guardianship over assets. You know, I feel like as Kiwis, we have this sort of connection or, um, you, you know, the stewardship for the, the responsibilities that we have, whether it's over the environment or whether it's over physical mm -hmm. assets or whether it's over other people, you know what I mean? So that, that's kind of, kind of kind of where the name came from. So it's, it's kind of cool that you referenced that. So thank you, thank you. Oh, no, hey, no, no um, problem. <laughs> another bit of a, uh, a personal question. Uh, when you were a kid, what did you want to grow up to be? Oh, man, I wanted to fly the Millennium Falcon. Um, so I wanted to be Han Solo. <laughs> and then when I realised I couldn't do that, I thought, oh, well, maybe a pilot. Uh, nice, nice. And then the A-team and MacGyver came on tally, and then that was it. Was I fell in love with physics, and then just literally fell into this career over many years of of just following things that I was interested in and uh, excited about. So, yeah. So Have you, have you ever followed up on the original, uh, the original, <laughs> the original flight plan? I did lessons. actually. Um, no, uh, many years ago when I was, you know, I was just coming to the end of my electrical apprenticeship and I thought, you know what, I could um, join the Air Force and become a pilot. Um, two things went against me. One was my um, <laughs> healthy disrespect for authority. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to, I would have struggled in the military, no doubt about that. But also, um, I think I just missed out on the age. But I have flown a helicopter and I found that really, really um, exciting and quite interesting. So, yeah, maybe it's not flying planes, maybe it's flying helicopters or something, something that appeals to me. Unidirectional sure, sure. or multi-directional here rather than just flying straight. Yeah, living out those dreams of Pan Solo, eh? Yeah, yeah, I tell you, <laughs> smuggling, bad. Don't go there, kids. <laughs> hey, um, all right then. So just with with regards to uh, asset management, would you be able to sort of um, maybe just describe to our listeners sort of what asset management means to you and sort of the context you're in within the power industry? Yeah, uh, so that's a really cool question. So the key thing about asset management is it's about timing. It's about investment. You, you've got a thing, whatever the asset is. For us, it might be a pole. For others, it might be a road. It might be a swimming pool, whatever. And that thing is there to actually have a service level. So, you know, we don't create these things for no reason. So it's figuring out 
what is needed to keep that thing, that asset, functioning to, to, to provide its service level, whatever that be. It might be holding up wires, it might be transmitting electricity, whatever the case is. So the hard part is, how much money do I spend on this and when do I spend it? Do I spend it fixing it or do I spend it replacing it? And that's probably the key thing to asset, the basics of asset management itself. The hard part is not tying yourself up on knots and trying to make the decision. There's two schools of thought. You can either get wisdom from actually looking at the asset over the length of its life, looking at similar things to do with that asset, or you can collect a whole lot of data about every single attribute on it and try and make the call either way. I think the answer is somewhere in the middle. I don't agree with computer says um, asset management because it's kind of part of that depends on the size of the fleet you're trying to manage. So don't get me wrong. There's a component of it. You still need to have that human element of actually cast my eye over this. Does that feel about right? And if I go back to your earlier question about one of my roles, it's marrying up old wisdom from engineers that have been here for a long period of time to this new skill set of young people coming through that are really tech savvy um, and understand the good the good um, way of being able to slice and dice data to get insights kind of thing. So how do I marry up those two skill sets? Because I believe that's where we actually need to be at the moment. Um, but the key thing also with asset management is you have to do a little bit over a long period of time. You can't do nothing. And underinvestment is is a cardinal sin in my mind. Overinvestment is bad too, don't get me wrong. You know, someone's going to be paying for that down. It might be your shareholders, it might be your customers. Um, that can be a bad thing. You can end up stranding some assets if, you, if you're not careful, but certainly you have to be doing a little bit, at least a little bit over a long period of time. Whether it's just maintenance or it's actually renewing the asset or, or placing the asset. Um, and that's just the pure asset management side of things. In our context with the electricity industry, we also have this crazy thing called humans that like to move to different places and do different things with their businesses. Um, you know, so they actually increase the load. So trying to keep across what our community wants um, so as it can continue to grow, what it needs and what its future needs are going to be um, because we can't just build for tomorrow. We've got to be looking at that next sort of 20, 30, 50 odd years down the track. So what's, you know, when we're doing something, um, particularly where I work at the moment is, what are some of the likely scenarios that we're going to need in these particular areas? Um, big juggling act um, can be complicated, but I think if you surround yourself with the right amount of people um, with the right skill sets, the job becomes a bit easier. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that wasn't too wobbly yep. for you. No, no, that's perfect. That's, that's very well put. It's very well put. I like that. I like that. And uh, I think you're right. And it sort of ties back quite nicely to that um, earlier answer you, you gave about uh, that longer term forecast, you know, and eye to the future. And it's, it's really what this is about, ensuring um, that you're able to, you know, uh, replace the right thing at the right time at the right cost, you know, so that you don't have that, um, you know, or a, a huge list of deferred maintenance or something that, that that results in, you know, significant capital expenditure down the track. So, yeah, I like that. I like that. You touched on one thing there around. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was just, no, no, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I think I remember one of our earlier conversations when we were working together was uh, my advice to you was, Josh, whatever decision you're going to make, someone's going to think it's wrong. And that, that's one, that's the burden we carry as asset managers is, Everyone is going to have a point of view. Um, 
I'm holding, I haven't got a can of Coke or something. I'm holding up a mouse. Yeah. For those that can't see the visual. So I'm looking at this mouse. I've got a view of it. You have a view of it. Whose view's right? Still the same mouse, but we've both got a completely different context of how we look at it. And, and asset management can be the same. So it's, you know, for us, it's balancing all those different conflicts as well as, as a skill set. So um, I've seen on LinkedIn and stuff that we shouldn't be calling them soft skills. And I think that's probably correct. Actually, the, this is a this is this is a real art, the skill of being able to manage those conflicts. So it's not always about the assets, about those other expectations, be they customer or shareholders or whatever as well. So sorry to go off on that little tangent for you. Oh, like it. Yeah, I definitely. Also, in my experience as well, and and you know, you you know too, the the competing priorities can be the hardest part of the the asset management battle. You know, and that just further adds to the complexities about um, the four decision makers down the track. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, I like it. Hey, um, you touched on one thing there just around um, people and um, how you know stakeholders and shareholders uh, sort of play, play into the mix. How important is asset management for our communities? You know, whether it's just uh, on the on the um, the local network or, or, or throughout New Zealand. Oh, yeah, brilliant. So asset management is, is for across all different asset classes. We actually build communities, OK? We shape our environment, sometimes good, sometimes not so good. So as communities can thrive and, and grow. So the key thing is asset management is really, really important. You know, we, we've had the pr privilege of living off a lot of the work that was done in the sort of uh, 60s and 70s. And, you know, that stuff's starting to come to end of life now, which is fine. And I'm talking specifically for our network. Um, so we've got a good renewals program to, to fix that up. If we didn't do that, um, we would be in a world of pain in a very short period of time as stuff started failing. And then once you get into that, just fixing it as it fails, kind of thing, um, particularly with aging network, the, the expenses just go up through the roof. So that's, that was my, my sort of um, chat I was saying before, do a little bit over a long period of time. If in a, in a holistic sense, and we're quite lucky in New Zealand that we, we're looking at ramping up our infrastructure spend across all, all um, industries. If we don't, we end up that the, the country starts sort of sliding towards poverty. All of a sudden, your roads aren't great, your bridges aren't great, you know, your rail networks knackered or something like that. Um, your water quality diminishes, so people get sick. That puts a whole lot of pressure on other systems um, and other processes, puts pressure on your, your health system, kind of, so if you've got a whole lot of sick people um, through bad water and everything else. So I think holistically, it's really important. Um, obviously, I'm going to be very biased towards electricity because uh, I think that's the number one. Without that, the cars don't run, the pumps don't run, uh, nothing's lit and people aren't warm and they're not fed. But um, there are a lot of interdependencies for, for other um, uh, asset owners for us as well. So particularly roading and water. As long as we can provide the fundamentals of life, I think that's the, the key thing. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. That's great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so good to have those insights from, as you say, the asset owner themselves, you know, because um, you know, you are the one there who has sort of control and visibility over those key assets. So, um, getting sort of the 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 raw the raw uh, 
definition or, or, or version of, of sort of what asset owners themselves are, are looking at and trying to achieve is, is very helpful and very insightful. What do you think the biggest challenges in the industry are sort of right now and for the future? In our, our industry in particular, in electricity? Yeah, it can yeah. be in our industry, the power industry, yeah. I think it's actually attracting new talent um, is the hard part. This asset management thing, you know, it's, it's not... You know, other than your podcast, I'm not aware of too many other ones out there. So it's not the sexy thing that's up in front of everyone's mind. You know, we, we're a bit um, bit of a victim of our own success. You know, quite often the power does stay on. Um, you know, okay, systems get a little bit stressed on, particularly in the New Zealand context. Um, I mean, when we have bad weather come through or it's the, the coldest night in winter and there's heavy load on. Um, but... I think, yeah, I think part of it is going to be that new talent coming through and how we shift for what the future is going to sh- change to. So more more onus on electricity. So one of the um, one of the things we're, we're, we're scenarios we're playing with at the moment, when all energy use is around about 80% electricity, so your LPG gas or, you know, people got a whole lot of EVs, what kind of level of reliability do you need on the network now because people need this for, for for everything you know if the power goes out you can get in your car and you can drive somewhere and have a barbecue at someone else's house sometime in the future many decades away if you don't have electricity and you haven't got your car charged how are you going to go to the other person's house if they haven't you know, got a power cut that kind of stuff so i think yeah i think it's more about people having the right mindset and having enough capacity both in the people that are thinking about asset management but particularly in the people that can design what needs to happen and then those that can actually build it and maintain it so there's there's a whole sort of capability within the industry that's that's um constrained and you know new zealand's not going to be alone in that context um as the world decarbonizes and thank goodness we are um there's going to be shortage everywhere. So how do we actually manage the resources that we have and do it smart um, and timely, but then still, you know, get the kids interested in STEM so as they then come through, be it trade or or, um, polytechs or universities or whatever way that we need them to come through into the industry across the industry, um, not just in the the field of asset management. How do we actually invest in that now? So here's the other thing, if I go on another segue, sorry, Josh. You've got your physical assets, yeah, yeah, but then you've got your people assets. The two should be kind of treated the same. You need to be investing in in, in that early um, space for people to come through, and then when they come through here, you know, what do they need through that place? Uh, sometimes they need a little bit of replacement, sometimes a little bit of renewals, um, and then how do you help their, their careers grow as well so they don't just come in and then that's the only thing you do. So how do you keep it interesting? How do you keep it moving? And then how do you equally at the far end make sure that those that have that have been around the sun a couple of times still feel valued and, and realize how much they can actually still contribute. You know, we don't put them out the pasture. So actually, if you want to keep working past retirement age, I'm happy to have you. How can you help me stimulate this next bunch? Even if it's the people in the middle, and then they can go back to the people at the beginning and, and stimulate that and keep that growth going. So there's there's two sort of aspects to it. There's the physical assets, but there's also the human assets as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's 
and, and, and my own journey, you know what I mean, at, at coming into the industry, sort of just falling into it by accident is, um, and trying to pick up bits and pieces here and there, you know what I mean, and learning. Mm -hmm. I'm very fortunate that a lot of my learning has been, you know, from uh, from on the job, basically, off, off uh, my peers and, and sort of seniors and just sort of uh, absorbing like a sponge, basically. And, you know, from firsthand experience, I could say how important that is, that that knowledge is actually passed through, you know, because without that, you, you lose so much. So, mm -hmm. yeah, really, really valid point. But isn't that funny? We both fell into it. Neither of us had a plan to be asset managers or work in this field of asset management. And it's sort of like we've discovered it by accident. So it's sort of like, wow, how do we, you know, if I bring it back to the asset management context, how do we actually get this thing out there as a career or somewhere to, to um, be able to carve out a, a, a good living for yourself? Mm. Make it, make it sexy, Dave. Make it sexy. It's uh, <laughs> that's going to be the new slogan for the podcast. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> you might need to have some better talent on rather than me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, thank you very much for uh, everything you've shared so far. Hey, just maybe some parting words. Is there any uh, advice that you or you would like to give to say maybe current or future asset management professionals or, or up and coming uh, you know, people to the industry? Wow. Um, how long have you got? <laughs> uh, no, look, I think part of it is first one is be kind to yourself because if you're in the position of having to make a decision, um, it's hard. You can only make a decision today with the information that you've got today and, and you know, hedging your bets for the future. Um, things will change a number of years down the road and you might go, oh, that was a bad decision to make. Don't beat yourself up over that. That was that was the decision you could make on that day with the information that you had. Um, that's that's the first thing on a sort of humanistic uh, approach. I think the other thing is. Be curious, you know, ask the questions and look outside your own industry as well to see what others are doing. You can you can learn lots of things. Asset manager at its core level is, as I said earlier, about investment and the timing of that investment. So see what everyone else is doing. Um, you might learn a trick or two. And, and some of that might even be just how to present data or present things to your, your senior management or your, or your executives, uh, sorry, board of directors. Um, you can learn something from everyone else. So be proactive in that space. Keep being curious. Keep trying to learn things. Um, and don't necessarily sweat all the, all the small stuff. I know that the decisions we make, um, you know, in, in some cases can be tens of millions of dollars. Um, and particularly for us, when we're looking over a 30-year um, program, you know, that, that can run into the billions of investment. Um, you need to just... Make sure you're comfortable in your own skin that you're, that you're the right person for that to make that decision. And if you are having trouble, reach out. There's plenty of others there that are, are willing to help. <laughs> nice, nicely said, nicely said. Well, thank you very much for coming on today, Dave. Appreciate you having you here and uh, look forward to maybe having you back on again in some future episodes. Who knows? No, hey, look, thanks a million, Josh. I've really enjoyed that. Um, and look, I wish you all the success with this with this podcast. Hopefully, it takes off and, and people get a little bit excited about it. And I'll be looking forward to listening into your future um, guests as well. See how things are panning along. <laughs> Fingers crossed, eh? <laughs> Thanks very much, Dave. Cheers. Okay, Tiano. <laughs>